It is 1 p.m. in New York, 8 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 1 a.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to In Transit with Sunday Bean. I'm an intercultural strategist, transformation facilitator, and solution-oriented coach. And I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed through any life transition. So I have to be honest, this was back several years, and I had a huge epiphany. Excuse my French, but I didn't know I felt like shit until I didn't. And this epiphany was very tied with something I did not realize at the time, is that I was operating on a mode of endurance and not resilience. And if you know my work, you know that I preach that endurance leads to depletion and resilience leads to rejuvenation, performance, and just the good life, right? And I can't think of anybody better to have us join on the show but Andrea Owen, who is an expert on resilience. So Andrea, welcome to the show today. Sunday, thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. So I'm going to tell the audience a little bit about you in case they're not familiar with their work. And if they aren't, they are missing out. So Andrea is um, an author of prolific writing in so many ways. I, I'll tell you more about her books in a second. She's a global keynote speaker and, of course, a professional certified life coach. I've seen her in action. She's amazing. She helps high-achieving women maximize unshakable confidence. Like, who doesn't want that? And as I said before, master resilience. What I love about her is she talks about um, how they, an individual can empower themselves to live what she calls your most kick-ass life. And um, Andrea, I don't know if you know this, but I think I knew about your work way, way, way back when you started through a similar coaching community that we share. So I've, I've seen your work for the, the years and I've watched it um, develop. And what's so exciting is to watch her books sell out, her coaching book out, and her podcast just hit over 4 million downloads right? So why is all this happening? It is because she is the author behind this fabulous book called How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, 14 Habits That Are Holding You Back from Happiness. They've been translated in almost 20 languages the last time I counted, available in over 23 countries. And one of my favorites recently is Make Some Noise, Speak Your Mind and Own Your Strength. So lots more I know to come from you, but I'm really excited um, to have you here today. Thank you for having me. We have a lot to talk about. I know we do. Uh, we have some off the record things, which we were just talking about the BC Boys before, right. and we have some on the record things. So I was listening to your audiobook, and um, I heard that there was like a downloadable PDF thing, and because you know I'm all about you know, growth and development. I thought, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do the things that she's saying to do. And I printed it out and I, I left it. And it was like two weeks later, I grabbed it from my office table and I opened it up. I can't remember what chapter it was. And I opened it up and I, you had like two questions there. And I don't mm -hmm. even remember which ones they were. I was so mad at you. Oh, I was good. Like, how <laughs> dare you make me ask myself that question? Like it was what I needed to be asked at the moment. Uh-huh. And I have honestly, I, you know, I'm a junkie for like self-help books, personal development. And I don't know if I've ever had that kind of visceral 
reaction of like, go away, come back, go away, come mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you remember uh, what it was? I can't, I don't know what it was anymore, Okay, <laughs> but it was, um, and if I did, it would probably be way too private to share with thousands. That's of true. People, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was the thing I needed to go. I wanted to go away from, but you were inviting me to go towards it. So that is what I, why I wanted you to come on the show because that's the impact that your work has on people. Um, and so I want to back up, you know, you wrote mm-hmm. this book, how to stop feeling like shit. Um, mm-hmm. so why did you write it? And I know you have an update coming out soon. Uh, what's with the update? Okay. Two part question. Um, mm-hmm. well, first of all, thank you for that compliment. <clears throat> I mean, it's like, like the highest honor when mm-hmm. a coaching question can evoke that much of an emotional reaction from someone, whether it's anger, resistance, grief, you know, mm-hmm. humor, whatever it is. Um, so it, how does it feeling like shit does have a birth story? I mm-hmm. was, you know, just living my life as a, as a funky old life coach. And I was certified in Dr. Brene Brown's work. And I think that her work is global at this point. So probably a lot of your listeners know who she is. She, her work is largely around shame resilience. And, and that's what the methodology was that I was, um, that I was certified in. So there's one particular module where she talks about the things that we do to try – the behaviors that we do that we try to avoid shame, criticism, judgment, mm-hmm. failure, all those like yucky things that we don't like. And she talks about numbing out. Mm-hmm. She talks about um, what she calls foreboding joy. So that's like yes. the catastrophizing and rehearsing tragedy that a lot of us I'm do. so and She talks about that. perfectionism. <laughs> I know. Many of us are. She talks about those three behaviors. <clears throat> and she casually mentions in the video module, she says, there's a, there's a lot of other behaviors that we engage in to try to avoid shame. You can talk about that in your in your group. And I was like, Brene, I wasn't on the phone with her. Like, mm-hmm. we're not that close. But <laughs> I was <Not> like, <laughs> this is my work. Like, it's mm-hmm. the people pleasing. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. the isolation instead of reaching for help. It mm-hmm. is the overachieving. It's the control. Mm-hmm. Um, it's poor boundaries. Like there was, I had a list of 14 behaviors mm-hmm. that I saw my clients do over and over again. Mm-hmm. And what I like to say about it, and the title is is coming. I always say those behaviors work for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, control and perfectionism helped me graduate from college with honors. Right. You know, numbing out works for a little while. Like Lord knows many of us numbed out w- during the pandemic. Right. And and even when my dad passed away in 2016, yes, I know all about numbing out. But they get to a point where they don't work anymore and then mm-hmm. that starts to feel like shit. Yep. And we're like, okay, why are my coping mechanisms making me feel this way? Why do I feel like there might be a better way? And that's how the title was born. Mm-hmm. And just quickly, the revision, it's been five years now since that book came out. And yep. we've had a Me Too movement. We have had mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of civil unrest in the United States. And yeah. also we had the global pandemic. And I feel like – and also the conversation around toxic positivity really started to happen like when mm-hmm. that book law- first launched. And I wanted to – to at least touch on that. Yep. So it's about 10,000 extra words that I wrote. Um, for those of you on video, you can see the cover is going to be yellow. Mm-hmm. Still same book, but just mm-hmm. some additions that I wrote to touch on these very big things that have happened over the mm-hmm. last handful of years. Well, I think what you said is so important about how 
our strategies just stop. And I think for a lot of people, whatever we were doing to really try to take care of ourselves or cope, right? Because Mm -hmm. maybe you had that level of challenge, right? Just stopped working. Like we just ran out of strategies, Mm -hmm. right? And no one teaches us this when we're growing up. Right. And then the isolation on top of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that is so important. And what I love about all of those things that you named, um, I find it really important for people to have language, like high functioning. um, What was the word from Terry Cole? She talks about being high functioning and self-abandonment. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you Mm -hmm. have language for something, then you're like, oh, it, you know, I that's think I, what I'm doing. I, that's that what is I'm what I'm doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And what, it, what you've done is you've listed 14 things that people now have language for and they can see something. And if you don't have a language for it, you can't even begin to think about it differently. Right. Right. It, that's so important. I think you nailed it, Sunday. Like, and also, like, I want people to know and be very clear that this isn't, I'm not handing you this book and saying, these are the things that you need to stop doing. And then you're going to have your life together. Or, and if you do any of these things, you're doing it wrong. Like, no, mm-hmm. I still struggle with control. Mm-hmm. I still sometimes struggle with poor boundaries and mm-hmm. or isolating and not reaching out for help. The point that I want to make very clear is that I just want you to know when you're doing it so mm-hmm. that you can have compassion for yourself. So you can maybe try different coping strategies. And like you said, have the language around it. Yeah. Put words to it. But what I think people might not know just if they don't know your work is how you totally share Mm-hmm. your journey. Like one of the things w- that I've known, cause I was able to meet you through a business mastermind that we did years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I first met you, I knew the work that you'd been doing, but as I got to learn more of your story, I was like, Oh, and then that happened. Oh, <laughs> and then that happened. And you, this is why I understand why you talk about resilience, because you've had so many things happen in your life that you've mm-hmm. overcome, right? So I want to make sure that listeners know you aren't just like someone who really likes to read self-development and then regurgitate it. But you get in there, you get your hands dirty, and um, you really do the work, right? And then mm-hmm. the things that you've learned along the way you share with other people, I think that's really that's really admirable, I think, Thank you. Um, for people to know that it's not like this is theoretical for you. These are things that you have practiced and, as you said, continue to practice mm-hmm. over and over. So yeah. things like um, – I want to talk about two things. One, shame. Right. Mm-hmm. I think you know, people are familiar with shame probably through Brene Brown's work. She's made that more um more of a speakable topic. But yeah. can you say a little bit more about how shame sort of bleeds in to these other habits or in our daily life, let's say? Yeah, the the connection is that, you know, because I kept hearing from the women in my community, so this was years and years ago when Brene Brown's work was just starting to be more popular. And they would say, I really resonate with her work, especially when she talks about perfectionism and things like that. But I don't have a lot of shame in my life. Like I don't walk around feeling ashamed of the person Mm -hmm. I am or have any major mistakes that I've made where I feel ashamed of them. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, do you engage, you know, if I said, do you engage in perfectionism? And they'd be like, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, totally. I really struggle with that. And so the connection is like when you are engaging in perfectionism, you are actively allowing shame to kind of drive the bus of your life, if you will. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when you're engaging in perfectionism, you're doing that as a 
tool or even a weapon in some people's mm-hmm. cases to try to avoid shame. You know, if I looked mm-hmm. perfect and act perfect, even though I'm not underneath and I'm a big old mess like every other human, but if I put this facade out, then I can avoid mm-hmm. criticism because that's connected to shame. I can yep. avoid failure connected to shame. I can avoid yep. judgment connected to shame. And so I think that when I start to explain it like that to people, like their eyes get really big and they're like, yeah. oh my God. And I'm like, you don't, don't be so hard on yourself. Like shame mm-hmm. is a universal experience that mm-hmm. we all have. The only people that don't experience it are, um, are, are people who are legitimate sociopaths and psychopaths. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think if people are listening to your podcast, they're probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's you listening. It's actually the least they have to worry about, right? Like there's so, yeah, right. (laughs) So that's, that's the connection around shame. Mm -hmm. And, but when I'm sure the penny drop for some people there, like when I learned that, um, connection years ago, I realized, you know, this idea of perfectionism isn't just like trying hard and liking to do well at school, right? Yeah, that's different. Totally. And and mm-hmm. I realized like, oh, wow, avoidance, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And that's a huge shift. And I'm so grateful for your work and for others' work who uncovers that because otherwise you would almost get away with unhealthy coping strategies that are masking so much in your life, either the hard stuff, but also the good stuff, Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and perfectionism is like one of the noble ones, you know, right? like, <laughs> like a badge of honor or something. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I People myself, wear it as such. Right. I call mm-hmm. myself a recovering perfectionist or recovered perfectionist. I think I've, I've come a long way. Um, mm-hmm. And life is so much better <laughs> since, since I've knocked that off. Um, Agreed. So can you tell us more? You know, one of the things I want to talk about is from your, your most recent book that I've read about Make Some Noise. And you talk in one chapter about to stop checking out, Mm -hmm. right? Can you tell our listeners what is checking out? I think from like a meta standpoint, it's, it's when we avoid the hard emotions in our life. Mm -hmm. So all of us experience hard emotions and I look at it kind of like a beach ball, you know, like you can hold it underwater for a pretty long time, uh, but it's exhausting mm-hmm. and you're going to use up a lot of energy doing it. And eventually it's going to pop up somewhere. Mm-hmm. And by by pop up somewhere, I mean like usually that's, you know, we're passive aggressive with the people that we care about or it mm-hmm. comes out as road rage or it comes out, um, it just sort of leaks out a little bit, you know, as we're like drinking too much wine at the end of the day um, or, you know, scrolling through our phones incessantly, like we push it down and push it down and or avoiding having hard conversations. And like, I still do this sometimes, mm-hmm. I've been sober for 11 years. Um, but still, like I use work as a way to check out mm-hmm. of my life. I use my phone as a way to check out of my life. And so I'm not saying like, don't do this ever, but mm-hmm. it is definitely something that we use as a coping mechanism because feelings are rough, yeah. you know, like hard <laughs> conversations are <clears throat> kick your ass up and down the street. So I get it. Yeah. And for me, so I have a friend, I don't know if this is her words or, you know, this is wisdom she's gained along the way, but she says, the truth will always find you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that, that it'll catch up with you. It will, it will, no matter what, it'll come out left or sideways. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, smack you in the face. And what I love about um, this chapter specifically, how you talk about um, when we check out, and sometimes we need to, right, as a way to just get up and do tomorrow, sure. right? Fair mm-hmm. enough. 
But when we check out, we're actually not doing the work that needs to get done, right? Yeah. We're, we're actually not present in our real life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I kind of have a visceral reaction, um, and it's probably something I should explore in therapy. When people talk about being present, yeah, I think because we have such a um, – it feels like this like arbitrary, like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I look at it, my definition of it as, is just like paying attention. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have snapshots of various – like, am I present all the time in my life? Absolutely not. Like, mm-hmm. I have ADHD. Like, that is um, – incredibly hard for me to do. And I feel like I only have like, I have limits of it. Mm-hmm. And so I have to kind of save it for yep. like <laughs> things that I mm-hmm. deem uh, worthy. Yep. But at any rate, I, I think that um, being present, I think it is good enough if you, if you do exactly like what I was just saying. Like if you are present just for sitting down at the dining room table with your family, even if you only eat dinner together once a week, just to do that. Or if you are, um, you know, I know a lot of people that listen to this are in all different countries or maybe Mm -hmm. they're American, maybe they're not, but just these like small little cultural things that your family is learning and Mm -hmm. and everyone's like in a moment of laughter. It's like, it's really just, do you remember, um, I think it might've been in the eighties, the, the Kodak moments. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Snapshots is really what it is. Like when I decided that was going to be what presence is for me, like it Mm. totally took the pressure off of feeling like I had to be in this meditative state all the time. No, no. (laughs) Anyway. Well, I think that's, that's about like presence of the digestible presence versus the constant meditative state. I'm thinking for me, when I look at this idea of checking out is I'm actually checking out of my real, my reality, meaning mm-hmm. very simple example. <clears throat> I'm tired. I'll come home. I'll have a headache. Easy would be like, Oh, I'll just have a glass of wine or, mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm feeling like not connected. So I'll just go to bed early. Right. Like yeah. that is, those are two examples of I'm actually not facing what is. Okay. Right. Maybe I'm tired and I have a headache because I didn't take a break today and I didn't I didn't give myself enough grace. You didn't um, drink enough water or something. I didn't drink enough water. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just gonna mask the headache with like an easy fix, right? Okay. Or if mm-hmm. I'm feeling disconnected with someone that I care about, I'm like, ah, oh, and then I'm just gonna go to bed. No, instead of like, hey, looking at the person and going, I'm feeling disconnected. Right. Mm-hmm. By checking out, we're we're actually not addressing what's really going on in our life, which then draws it out longer, right? Like it makes actually it. makes us carry it longer. Mm-hmm. Right. And especially if the problem is in relation to someone else. Yeah. We're making the problem worse yep. by dragging out an overdue conversation. Right. But with your health too, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're not drinking water, you're not That's going, I, you know, I have to run every day when I sit for nine hours, I have to break that up with physical movement. Otherwise I'm just not a good person. My body's <laughs> mad at me. Right. So that's a truth. I need to do that. Right. And if I have a headache and I try to ignore the fact that my body didn't get movement, I am making an impact on my health. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be even, like we said, like with the example of wine, that could be dangerous for people if they use that as a consistent coping me- mechanism that can have just much bigger impacts later on. Yeah. Life, right. 
what I'm inviting people do, to do really in this chapter too is to look at the behaviors that you do habitually mm-hmm. that may or may not be even bordering on addiction. It's like yep. I don't even – I mean, yeah, maybe, but like if you kind of are bulking at that, then – but please continue to listen. Yep. It's the behaviors that we do that – at the end of the day, really don't have great consequences. You could be drinking, you know, two or three glasses of wine, and that might not uh, kind of like check the boxes for alcoholism, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know that you wake up with a headache or feeling super dehydrated. And the, the more glaring part about it is that you're avoiding mm-hmm. stuff going on in your life, whether it's feelings that you have from your family of origin, whether it's stuff going on in your marriage or your long-term partnership, whether it's stuff going on with your small children or adult children. It's like, yep. is this behavior that you're doing habitually, whether mm-hmm. it is addiction or not, allowing you temporarily to mm-hmm. avoid something or stay in denial about something that is a problem. That's what I want people to start thinking about. Right. Doom scrolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Instagram uh, rabbit holes. Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. we're like, I did we're that lonely. a lot during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, I'm lonely. And then let's just go and stare and at my scared. phone. I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm exactly. Right. Exactly. So there's, I mean, fill in the blank. And I think it's really clear when you talk to Andrea and and from me, I think people know that we all do these things, right? This is not, Mm -hmm. they don't do these. We do those things. It's more like noticing which ones are we doing and how, how fast is it spiraling, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was one thing that was important for me to talk about. So I really want to hear from people if you're listening to this podcast or you're, you know, catching the audio, um, on YouTube as well. I want to hear, you know, if people are willing to share some ways that they've checked out in the past or ways that they're trying to not check out anymore, because I think it's that idea of shared language. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't even know that was checking out, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it could be the way you parent. Uh, it could be a way of checking out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd love to hear that so people have language for that. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with your book is you have this it's just a great way of talking about personal development and taking, you know, charge of your life, empowerment, but also you don't look away from bigger things, right? I love how you bring in the intersections um, of identities that, that uh-huh. play a role um, in our lives, the things that are feel insurmountable, like power dynamics and historical contexts that yeah. have created really unequal um, situations, right. Mm-hmm. That people are facing. The other thing I think that you do really well is you, you talk about trauma and, and there's this interesting balance. I think when you're in a space where you're coaching, you're not a therapist, right? You're, you're coaching, but it's still important to talk about trauma. Um, can you talk a little bit about capital T trauma, you know, big T mm-hmm. and little T trauma and why that's important for everyday people, to at least think about. To think about, yeah. Yeah. I love this conversation. It, it reminds me of, um, you know, the, the beer commercials say, like, please drink responsibly. Like, mm-hmm. I always hear in my head, like, please talk about trauma responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a licensed therapist, yeah. although mm-hmm. I play one on TV. Um, no, I've hired many of them in my life. So, and I did not come up with this term. This is a, no. um, a psychology term that goes back decades of big T and little t trauma. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example from my own life. So a little t- trauma might look like uh, – so when I was a little girl in elementary school, I had my my best friend from second grade, and we were Girl Scouts together. And then another friend came into our friend group, and we loved her and accepted her, and we were kind of like this little trio. And 
we always went to Girl Scout camp. And by always, I meant like two or three years in a row, we went to Girl mm-hmm. Scout camp together, the three of us for in, during the summer. And then one summer, it was probably fourth or fifth grade, I found out that my two friends in our little trio went to Girl Scout camp without me. Mm. And I was devastated. And it was my first real broken heart. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking like, they looked through the catalog together. They picked mm-hmm. out a camp together. Like, did my mom know about this? Like, mm-hmm. did, and I was so devastated. And even now it still stings a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I still talk to it to, to one of them more than the other, but like, I don't harbor any hard feelings, but it's still like, I think of my little 10 year old self and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's a little, that's an example of a little T trauma. Yeah. A big T trauma was I grow up, I was married um, to someone I had been in a relationship with for over a decade. And we were talking about conceiving our first child and he had an affair with our neighbor that lived across the street and got her pregnant and they went on to have a child together and and were together. He was living a double life essentially for seven months. Mm. That was a big T trauma in my life. And so we all kind of collect these letters as we go. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's important to differentiate between them because trauma it's like this big umbrella that fits yeah. a lot of of things. And some people mm-hmm. might say, well, my story of getting my heart broken when I'm a little girl because my friends went to Girl Scout camp without me doesn't even hold a candle to mm-hmm. Jane's problem and mm-hmm. her parents were physically abusive to her growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that um, – it's it's a way to measure it without giving it a lot of weight and not saying like it's kind of like all trauma matters. Like mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I don't have a better way to say it, but like all trauma matters, your trauma matters. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just because theirs might seem much more egregious than yours doesn't mean that yours doesn't matter and doesn't mean that yours isn't also worthy of doing the work to heal. Right. Like we all have trauma. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right person to be able to walk through it with in terms of a therapist. Right. Right. And I think for me, when I, when I listened to that conversation, the value is for those who are not giving themselves credit Mm -hmm. for having been impacted by little T things. Those add up. Those add up. Mm -hmm. And if you don't process that, um, you still carry that. Right, hundred percent. And mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing about big tree, t- big T trauma is oftentimes it can be debilitating, or it can be so have such an impact in your life. You have to sure. process it, right? With little T trauma, you can get away with it. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, big T yeah. trauma. I mean, that's what leads to PTSD or complex PTSD, yep. and and these mm-hmm. um these other chronic, like you said, debilitating things that people can carry for sometimes a long time before mm-hmm. it becomes too much. And then our bodies start to break down, our mental health starts to break down, et cetera. Right. So we, we've talked about um, a lot of things, right? Like that process of checking out, we've talked about carrying those hard things. Um, and all of this is in service of people um, gaining confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Finding their power. So how, what does that look like? Do you have something that you could share with our listeners of what's one thing they could do today to start tapping back into that power? To start tapping into like their self-confidence or mm-hmm. just power in general? I think you you decide what direction. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think that I used to think that confidence came from 
like you were either born with it or you weren't, mm-hmm. you know. And I grew up watching the Golden Girls, and and I was like, okay, Blanche Devereaux definitely has confidence, and she was born with that. She was born that way, you know. Like, and at the end of the day, no, she was just a character that played on TV, mm-hmm. and and we're not. It's um, there are some people who are naturally charismatic and extroverted, and they're really great in sales and things like that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they have more self confidence than mm-hmm. everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I, I. You know, and all the books I've read on confidence will, t- will they'll tell you that confidence is gained through experience, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always work out. Like that's the thing. It's like I think we've both had coaching clients, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning, where we have our you know all of our coaching questions, and we're asking, and then we're feeling like a disconnect, and we're realizing like the session is like going really terribly. Like you've kind of fallen on your face, or mm-hmm. maybe people listening like they give presentations that worked and they bombed. Yeah. Uh, and the th- I think that if you can, here's the tip. I think if you can look back on those situations and those experiences as gleaning, like, how did I build resilience from that? Mm-hmm. Like, how did mm-hmm. I come back from that? Because that sucked. That was yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this is what I, I have two teenagers. I have a I have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old now. And what I've been talking to them a lot about is I'm, I cannot guarantee that everything's going to work out. Yeah. Like this may go terribly. Mm-hmm. I am going <laughs> to equip you with the tools that you have. And mm-hmm. I, I promise mm-hmm. you that it's not going to kill you, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though your body might be telling you yep. danger, so much danger. We're going to die if we go into this conversation or stand up in front of the class and you know give this speech or whatever it is. That it, I, I was like, please just know that every experience that you have is going to lead you towards mastery. And that mm-hmm. is what yep. creates a self confidence in us. Mm-hmm. I was just at my daughter's school the day before yesterday, and I, um, I was late coming to this assembly. I'm on the PTO, and they knew I was going to be late, and I'm kind of sneaking in the side door. And, and one of the other PTO moms leaned over and she's like, Tell me what you do for a living again. And I told her, and I said, and she said, Okay, I would have guessed that about you. You walk with such, you carry yourself with such confidence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so interesting because I've earned that. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. comes yep. from being 47 years old, yep. right? <laughs> and and not always being this way yep. and being intentional yep. about and now I don't even think about it. I just yep. walk into a room and my shoulders are back and I, you know, and and I don't even realize it, but it just, a lot of times it also comes with experience. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a better answer, but. Yeah. I'm just asking myself, like, how do you have time for the PTO? Because like, <laughs> I'm only a co-chair. <laughs> Stop it. And I did that on purpose. Boundaries. How, how do they you do that? They asked me to be a chair and I said, no. I, I My first reaction was I wanted to say yes. Yeah. Um, because they were like, oh, communications, you know, she's a writer. She can do all this stuff. And I was like, of course I can. Thank you. (laughs) And then I, and then I was like, I sometimes get called out of town at a moment's notice. I will, I will drop the ball if I, but I can, I can assist. So it worked out perfectly. Somebody's the chair and I'm the co-chair. I don't even make brownies. Good. Like I don't either. I'm so I bad. I'm like, I donate okay. money. <laughs> I'm like, I will come in and deliver a training for you. But yeah. I, or do you want to eat my burnt brownies? Like <laughs> my burnt brownies. But you know what? I want to say this too because I feel like it might be helpful to your audience. Mm-hmm. I have really been wanting more friends out mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I live in the rural South, mm-hmm. and it's been tricky to make friends out here. And to be honest, like I haven't tried all that hard. Yeah. And so I'm like, what would I tell my client? 
I yeah, put my right. hand on my no, client. Like, yep. How how proactive have you been about yep. it? Like, have you actually put yourself out there? Have you done anything to try to meet people? So guess what? I sure have met a lot of moms being on the that's PTO. True. And you're creating community. You're building community. Yeah. I love that. I think that's beautiful. It's good. I need to find my thing. I so I did have a little bit of an ulterior motive. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, so I want to go a little bit more about you. We've talked about your work. Um, one, I think the confidence thing is really important. I just had a thing with a client today where we talked about confidence and in our session, she has worked so hard for it, right? Today I asked her how she was feeling and she said the word confident and she couldn't even believe it came out of her own mouth. Oh, I right? love that so yeah, much. It was so beautiful. I got like all like, you know, teary eyed proud, you know, of her work, right? Mm-hmm. That I, I think that's really important. So thank you for mentioning that, that confidence is built, right? We work mm-hmm. hard for that. Um, One second at a time. Absolutely. And if you notice it in yourself, don't panic like it's going to go away, mm-hmm. right? All that you've done in the past has like laid a brick, a foundation for the next thing, right? We all have, wa- yep. we waver in our confidence, but it doesn't mean that foundation hasn't been laid. So that I think is a paradigm shift. I hope people um, take away from today because I think that's important. Now, I want to, I, I know our time is coming to a close, but I wanted to focus on you for a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so, you know, you might know the thing that I talk to most of my guests about is called ambitious transformation and transition. Mm-hmm. And I love to hear just kind of a snapshot of where your life is right now in relation to that. So just quick transitions are any transition you might be feeling like a global transition, health transition, mm-hmm. family transition. Top of mind, what comes up for you when you think what transitions are relevant for you right now? Yeah, well, I'm 47 and a half, so perimenopause. <laughs> you, know, oh. you and I were bonding over oh, yeah. <laughs> our, our salt and pepper hair growing out. Oh, man. Um, and also a health transition. Mm-hmm. I'm in the – this is my third doctor that I'm seeing over the last <clears> couple <throat> of years. I had some health stuff happen in the beginning of the pandemic, like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and turns out I have an autoimmune thing, so I'm trying to get a hold of that. I gained like 25 pounds in a pretty short amount of time. So there's also the transition of – and I might be jumping ahead at, with your questions, but mm-hmm. – um, the ambitious part for me is accepting mm-hmm. just this new size that I'm yeah. at because I told my doctor, I'm like, can you let me know if this weight is going to stay on? Because mm-hmm. if it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. Like there mm-hmm. are definitely worse things in the world. Right. And um, But it's an adjustment. It's mm-hmm. adjusting to this mm-hmm. new body. It's adjusting to this new size. And um, the way that I move my body is different. Mm-hmm. Like I keep joking with my friends and I'm like, I feel like I have this cat in my lap that won't get off my lap. Like, you know, like when it's kind of in the way. So it's like hard to tie my shoes. It's like, no, it's my belly. <laughs> It's my it's my it's my menopause belly yeah. that's happening. So that's been interesting. Yeah. Accepting. So say more about accepting. Yeah. Well, I think you know, it's it's so tricky when a life coach who like preaches like, you know, just accept this part of you and da, 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 da. and then mm-hmm. something like the universe is so hilarious. Like when yeah. it throws something at you, like accept this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I've been there. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I have to learn that now. But I mean, that is life sometimes. Like my mom mm-hmm. has told me, she's like, my weight fluctuated 30 pounds, you know, up and down. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, to be go. a woman in this culture in terms of our weight, it's tricky. Yeah. So yeah. the acceptance is complicated. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. leave it at that. Yep. And that's what my audience knows me for. Yeah. Like they know my just complete transparency. Mm-hmm. I 
I'm never that person that puts myself on a pedestal and like says like, look at how figured out I have everything. Or like you will never have me talk about like how beautiful my marriage is. And then in two months, I'm like, guess what? I'm getting divorced. Like my audience knows like (laughs) the deep down and dirty. There are some things I hold private, of course, like the stories of my children and things like that. But for the most part, they know what's going on with Andrea. That's good. It also gives people permission to like see that in themselves. You know, just we're all just human. I know mm-hmm. you can figure it out. So that's mm-hmm. um, so that's ambitious is accepting that. What other? So what else do you do to sort of shape whatever internal or external transformation that's happening in your life? I am so lucky that I have such amazing and beautiful female friendships. Mm-hmm. This has not always been something that has been easy for me. Um, If anyone is familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an eight um, with a seven wing. So that means I'm the challenger. I'm very, um, I have high leadership skills, also Mm -hmm. known as Mm -hmm. bossy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very assertive. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I can put productivity before relationships. I'm also an Aries, if anyone is interested in astrology. Um, I'm very fiery and it's hard to sometimes it's hard to be friends with me. And I look mm. back on my 20s and how I was always, you could always count on me for a good time. I was mm-hmm. always fun and I mm-hmm. always had the best slash worst ideas. <laughs> I was always up for an adventure mm-hmm. and spontaneous. Like you never had a boring time when you were with me, but I was also a crap friend sometimes. Mm. And I could be passive aggressive and give digs and um and just just not be very nice. Mm-hmm. And, but I would always cover it up with humor. And mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like that type of friend. Mm-hmm. And I have cleaned up some messes over the mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Now in my 40s, I've gone back to my friendships and, and apologized and made amends. And sometimes, you know, the, the friendships got closer and sometimes mm-hmm. they just stayed the way that they were. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I kind of got off on a tangent there, but I think oh, I was talking about friendships. Like now in my 40s, I have, one of my biggest sort of lessons, I don't know if you can relate to this or if anyone listening can relate, is to let people love me. Mm-hmm. Why is that so hard? Trust issues for me. Like yeah. <laughs> abandonment yeah. issues. I want to keep you at arm's distance, but yeah. I also want to like tell you to come here at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. I always say like the thing that I wanted the most, which was intimacy, connection, mm-hmm. love, trust – was the thing that I feared the most. Mm-hmm. Intimacy, love, connection, trust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, yes, but no. Yeah. Yes, no, no. Mm-hmm. And so it was this push-pull constantly. And it was the same in my friendships. Yeah. And the way that I got people to be close to me, which was being this gregarious, fun, mm-hmm. enthusiastic woman, mm-hmm. girl and woman, but also kept people away mm-hmm. by, you know, pass being passive aggressive and um and things like that. So now that I'm a grown up um, and matured, it's about allowing people to really see me in mm-hmm. all of my like really ugly naked stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that only from a literal sense, but <laughs> cat, cat on my lap. I'm speaking of cat on my lap. <laughs> um, but just, you know how terrified I get sometimes Mm -hmm. in my career or in my marriage or as a mom Mm -hmm. and, and letting my friends, and it's only like a couple of them, you know, it's not, I don't have like eight girlfriends or, um, just that to me has been the biggest gift I could ever ask for. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. My friends have taught me so much. They've taught me so much. And I think I'm really lucky. It, yeah. We're really lucky. If you get to be this age and mm-hmm. you have strong friendships, yeah. you have won the lottery totally. because it takes so much work and intention and trust and getting it wrong mm-hmm. and trying again and having people stab you in the back and break your heart and then you doing that to people because that's yeah. what we were taught mm-hmm. and like unpacking your inter- internalized misogyny. It's like, we, mm-hmm. I go on and on, but yeah, yeah friendships. Right. I, for me, my closest friends, I've learned that how beautiful it is to really be my vulnerable self, right? Let mm-hmm. my, and, and they stick around. Yeah. Right. It's just so beautiful that they stick around. And um, I'm so grateful for that too. So thank you for mentioning that because oftentimes when we talk about shaping transformation, um, people talk about, well, you know, I'm taking care of my health or I'm, you know, watching what I eat energy or I'm putting away savings so that I feel security. Right. It's, it isn't that often that people talk about connection. Right. Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, like you can't take any of it with you, but like I know I'm going to look back and not really care about how much money I made. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about the people that I asked to be in my life Mm -hmm. and that I asked if I could be in their life. And that is – and not something I thought I would be talking about when I was Mm -hmm. 25. You know, I thought I would be talking about all of my successes. And Mm -hmm. to me, success is about the relationship, the health of our relationships. Yep. And I think um, you use the word grown now that I'm grown up. Honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like I just started growing up, right? Like, Same. You know, it's like it's hard to adult and all the things we talked about today, I think I attribute to like real adulting. I think I was just pretending to adult before. Yeah. And now I'm doing the real work. And and that is something I you don't know this, but that's one of the things I learned from you. And I learned, you know, when we were in this um business mastermind together, mm-hmm. I watched each and every woman do some really hard things. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of doing the safe things. It's easy to be successful with the safe things. Yeah. But it was so wonderful to watch women do hard things um imperfectly and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, they're really adulting, right? They're showing up as in, in themselves. And, um, and I think that's, I think that's so powerful. So thank you for that as well. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Love that. So thank tell you. us before we wrap up here, tell people, you know, where should they come check you out and what's, what's next for you? They can come see my <clears throat> perimenopausal belly over at, <laughs> um, OnlyFans. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have one. <laughs> I met I met all the socials except OnlyFans. Uh, hey Andrea Owen, and all of my website with my books and everything is andreaowen.com. and I, you can I link to my podcast there too. So yeah. you gotta check it out. All the stuff like I have every time I see your podcast come out, I'm like, oh, I want to talk about that in my podcast too. Like we have so many topics, so many good topics that <laughs> we just share passion for. It's so fun. Thank I love you. that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Go check out um, Andrea. There's all kinds of goodness and more. Um, so thank you for being here. And thank you for listening, everyone. You've been listening to In Transit with Sunday Bean. I will leave you with the words of our author today. Andrea says, you can't practice and be confident if you are standing outside of yourself. Um. <laughs>